Conditions and make them ride a roller coaster, or uh, like, like just like just like choke somebody until they like get lightheaded enough that they like pass out and bonk their head on the on a bathtub. Look, I don't have the upper body strength to strangle anyone to death, just to orgasm. But I, I pass out at the sight of blood. Look, all I know is I packed a bag full of knives and two matching Hello Kitty ponchos for us. Aww. Oh, look so cute. I know. All right. But you gotta promise me that if I pass out, that you will catch me. Absolutely. And, and drop, drop the knife. The, the body count goes higher every day. Yay! Salty snacks, you meant things like like Cheddar Bay biscuits or uh, 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 Chex Mix. Well, listen, there's really no caloric value in consuming human flesh. You know, we're doing it for the ritual. You know, you like you see someone and you see the light go out of your eyes, and then you consume them, and you gain their strength, and it's all about giving the strength. You know, it's about, it's about the strength, it's not about the salt, it's about the strength. But I don't know that I'm 100% capable of consuming human flesh. Look. All I know is I bought a hot plate that plugs into a cigarette lighter and my own personal copy of To Serve Man. Oy vey. We're gonna eat the people that we slay. they do to gay people in jail? The same thing they do to straight people in jail. Butt Butt stuff. stuff. Oh. (sighs) Look, listen, all I know is we are never going to get famous singing comedy music. Ouch! Listen, I know, I know, we have a great, we have a great studio, we're having a really good session, but it's just not enough, you know, diminishing returns. We're not going to be on the radio singing about butts. 
okay? I just figure that this road trip could be our opportunity to put ourselves on the map. Literally. Literally. Oh, man. I guess I just always thought that we would get famous with, like, a... I don't know. You know, like, we could, like, have, like, a, a, a cologne line. Uh, well, no one's ever going to want to spray themselves with afterbirth anything. We, we, we could get famous with a sex tape. Ew, no. Ow. No offense, but no. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Look through the glass. Cross-country trips, they don't come cheap, which you and I both know. With the price of gas, we're on our ass, cause we don't have the dough. With an audience like this, that makes us feel sublime. No need to load up for the road, we can slaughter out our dime got Afterbirth Monkey online. They're very funny. I love their songs, and they're very creative and adorable as well. So check them out, okay? All righty. Okay, what else we got for you today? Um, I'm going to find me. Let's see. Oh, I had it right here, too. A little comedy to go with that, right? Here we go. Alan King. Very funny comedian. Ladies and gentlemen, when Judy Garland first came to New York to be, open up her really theatrically historic first engagement at the Palace Theater... She said she just wouldn't come to New York without a certain young comic. She wanted him on the bill. His name was Alan King. As you already recall, from the time he opened the Palace Theater, he became the rage of New York. Now he actually commutes to England because he's the number one comedy star in England. So let's have a wonderful welcome for Alan King. Thank you very much. Seems a little chilly for July 5th. I don't know. But uh, uh, I am very happy to be here tonight. Um, Of course, Ed has been so kind to mention uh, my commuting to England. I just had a great thrill. I was on the command performance for Her Majesty the Queen of England. I hope you don't mind if I spend a few minutes discussing this because with my background, you know, I'm not too familiar with royalty usually, you know. I once got drunk with Count Basie in Cincinnati. <laughs> and, uh, we were up in Glasgow, Scotland for the command. It was a great occasion. We were all standing backstage after the performance, and the Lord Mayor of Glasgow just walked around with the Queen. You know, he was so excited. I wasn't because I was drunk. You know, <laughs> That's where they make the stuff, you know, up there. It's beautiful. It comes out of the tap. And, uh, I was standing there, and of course, very nervous, and... Lord Mayor said, Your Majesty, may I present Mr. King from America? And she said, How do you do, Mr. King? And I said, How do you do, Mrs. Queen? (laughs) I don't think I'll ever go back. (laughs) No, but she was a very charming lady. Of course, my wife was there with me, but she didn't meet the Queen. Of course, that was when I was there. Now, to hear the story, you think that she doesn't make a move without my wife, you know. Because women lie a lot. 
No, I mean this. You know, I've been married 12 years. And I found out that when a man becomes successful in any degree, it's the woman that changes. Now, I come from the Lower East Side of New York. I never met a comedian that didn't come from the Lower East Side. <laughs> I know a very talented comedian from Cincinnati moved to the Lower East Side of New York. <laughs> and uh, actually, I live so far downtown, 14th Street was like Connecticut to me. You know. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> yes. I met my wife there. We come from the same neighborhood. In fact, my family had more money than my wife's family. And we were on relief. You can imagine what a thrilling... <laughs> Of course, to look at my wife today, you'd never dream she came from so humble a beginning. You know, you think she came from a plantation in Virginia somewhere. And that's one of the reasons she's not too happy with me, because I'm the only one left that remembers where she came from. <laughs> Anytime she opens up a big mouth, I remind her where she came from. I like to think back to the old days when we were so happy, so much in love. We were married two years. My wife told me I was to become a father. This is a big moment in your life. I like the way the women tell you important things. They don't discuss it over the dinner table or during the evening. They wait till you're sound asleep. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> it aggravates them that you're sleeping. Now, my wife stays up all night because she hasn't got no place to go in the morning, you know. She watches the late show, the late, late show. She salutes the flag, sings the star spangled banner. She waits for the thought for the day. You can lead a horse to water, but remember what a wet horse smells like and all that. <laughs> and, uh, now, I was asleep, as I said, and my wife walks in. Now, when the woman walks in, you're asleep. They do little things to find out if you're really asleep, you know. Like all the lights go on, they slam the door, they shoot it up, and then the cough. You ever hear a polite cough? <laughs> then she says, you up? Even if you're dead, you react a little bit. <laughs> then they get alongside of you and they stop at the elbows. You have to get the harpoon in the ribs in the middle of the night. Alan, if you're not doing anything, it's five o'clock in the morning. I'm always busy at this hour. I play polo every morning at five o'clock. What do you want you to do? She says, I have a strange desire for some exotic food. She said, run down to the All My Delicatessen and get me a corned beef sandwich with some chocolate sprinkles, some whipped cream, a piece of watermelon, and a sour pickle. Well, you know, sleepy as I was, I realized that this was it, you know. I had seen enough movies to know that this is the way it is. <laughs> notice when a woman is expecting how she really takes charge of your life, the first thing, of course, the neighborhood wasn't good enough anymore. She said, I don't want my children growing up in this neighborhood. I can't afford where I'm living now. What do you want from me? The kid comes, you don't like the neighborhood, let him move. I'm saying, I am. She says, Alan, let's buy a house. Now, you know, I've been making fun of the suburbs for many years, and this is actually the way I moved out there. She said, let's buy a house. Everybody's doing it. You remember. Ten years ago, the exodus from the city to the suburbs. Someone cut a ribbon, they fired a pistol, and the land grants were out. <laughs> Onward to the suburbs, these gallant pioneers with the covered wagons and the mink stoles hanging out the back. You know, yeah. Everybody out there. I bought a house for $48,000. It was listed to sell for twelve five. dollars <laughs> 
I wanted extras, you know. <laughs> little things like I needed windows, I wanted a floor in one room. <laughs> Own your own home. Save your money all your life so you become your own janitor. <laughs> That's all it is. The only time my wife talks to me is, Alan, take out the garbage. <laughs> Save me the meat. Where's the garbage coming from? <laughs> she can't stand to see me sit still for five minutes. She collects the garbage from the neighbors just so I can sit out. <laughs> Suburbs, what a ridiculous place to live. Nobody talks to anybody. It's a competition thing out there. You know? I've got one neighbor I haven't seen in four years. He's hiding because he knows I want him to go partners on the hedges. <laughs> That's the big thing, you know, the lawns. You ever see Sunday in the suburbs? You ever see how ridiculous the men look? They work hard six days a week. Come Sunday, they're on all fours like dogs crawling around. <laughs> they all have the same outfit, you know. Bermuda shorts, sneakers, bony knees. <laughs> and they all have the shirt with the alligator on it, like a bag. <laughs> I come home from a drunk on Saturday night and Sunday morning at quarter to seven, the neighbors are out. <laughs> they cut the grass with a motorboat where I live. <laughs> hey, what's going on down there? They say, oh, good morning, Mr. King. They don't drink, you know. They're up. They're ready to go. <laughs> hey, what are you going to do about the crabgrass? <laughs> I'm going to let it lay there till three o'clock. Then I'll decide what to do. <laughs> I hope the lawn rots. <laughs> I hope it spreads everybody else's lawn. <laughs> in the middle of a television rehearsal, my wife calls me on the phone, crying, screaming. I rush home. She's standing in front of the house. Alan, <laughs> lawn is dying. <laughs> I didn't even know it was sick. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I've got a gardener. Oh, he's brilliant, brilliant. He's telling me I have sour soil. I told my wife not to marry me. It's hereditary. <laughs> oh, that sour soil before me. What do you do about it? Gardner says we use Kentucky bluegrass. That's the finest grass seed in the world. But they don't tell you it only grows in Kentucky. <laughs> I had to buy a racehorse for $3,700. Let him walk around the grounds every day. <laughs> think the gardens are the only thing to worry about? What about the decorators? Are they beautiful? My wife just found two beautiful decorators. Well, a set of bookends like this you never saw. <laughs> they come to the house once a week. They fly around the room. <laughs> they're always wearing sandals. Could be snow on the ground. They wear sandals. And they're always coming back from Italy. They never go. They're always coming back. <laughs> they keep saying, in this corner, we'll put some ivy. You know about ivy. If you have a piece of furniture that has a hole in it immediately becomes a planter. You know, the ivy, we got it coming out of faucets, keyholes, cracks in the wall. Did you see the new thing where they open up the drawer and the ivy hangs out of the drawer? And my socks and underwear are laying on the floor, but the ivy's coming out of the drawer. My wife keeps telling me the reason we live out there is for the children. Better schools, which is, of course, ridiculous. We live directly across the street from a public school, and my boy can't attend. We don't live in the zone. <laughs> they got kids from out of state going to the school, but we don't live in the zone. They tell me the zone line runs right through my house. According to them, if my kid slept in the garage, he could go to this school. 
I could go on like this for hours, but I'll be honest with you, the only reason is I don't ever finish this thing. <laughs> I'd like to finish it by selling my house. <laughs> You've been a delightful audience, ladies and gentlemen, and a happy July 4th weekend, and good night. Thank you. That was Alan King on The Ed Sullivan Show. All right, uh, let's see. Uh, I love this. I know I love this one, but it's Tom Carose, and it's my favorite. Here we go. Cheese and eggs. Holy schmoly, it's early. My poor legs. Get your butts out of bed. If there's someone who cannot pay, you can put it on layaway. What's that smell? What an odious odor. I can't tell. Is it coming from me? This morning, Theobald, I'd like an extra pint, oh. What's that smell? Oh, thank goodness, it's not just me. Rings a bell, like fermented gangrene. Don't smell swell, catastrophic and gloomy. Sort of like King Tut's
www.domcarosa.com. All right, once again, I mentioned I have two books on Amazon, All Musings and A Pocket Full of Confidence. Check them out. They're also available on Kindle. All righty, now we'll close out with a little of uh, Nancy Lombardo. You can also get my music on CD Baby, but I think people are just getting it for free somewhere. All right, support the arts by supporting the arts. Buy my stuff, okay? Here we go. A little improvised Nancy Lombardo. I once dreamed of being chased through a dollhouse by a white lobster that wore glitter and spoke with a French accent. (laughs) Now what this meant I'll never know, but I do know if I told anybody I'd be labeled a lunatic and labeled wrong. Let's say you're at a party, and you can take out a labeling gun and start tagging people like they do in Wild Kingdom. Wacko. Loser. You're so friendly. That would really be good. But not too friendly like the guys in the office, or your boss who's really nice. Except in an earthquake, you'd really be thinking, he's old. He's slow. I can beat him to the Georgia. Oh, yeah. LA's a jammed up situation. I have enough flaws so I wouldn't purposely build my home over one. The one time I was not even enough to think that generic food was for the elderly. It made sense to me at the time. All those big black and white between generic and geriatric. <laughs> <laughs> 
like so. So anytime you think I'm crazy, you're probably This has been What's the Buzz New York with your host, me, Nancy Lombardo. Stay well.